Welcome back to the Loyalist Podcast. We're your hosts, Jake Gibson and Sam Palumbo. We had a solid, solid weekend of Premier League action. We had the All-Star break. Lots of fun things this weekend. How was your weekend, <laughs> Sam? The All-Star break sucks. The All-Star break is something that's shocking. It still gets a certain amount of attention. Um, it's kind of a joke. I'd rather watch men's recreational basketball than watch the all-star break here's something are we sure all-star stuff works at all anymore no i and i think the entire formula is broken um with no incentive to play uh it's kind of messed up to take it seriously because you could possibly get injured it's all it's every sport like the i guess the mlb one People still enjoy. I think the home run derby is objectively cool, even though I'm not a baseball dude. Um, I think the three-point contest is good, but the dunk contest is ruined. Mac McClung has now won twice in a row. Dynasty. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess you could say that. Um, I, I would be cool with just giving everybody a break. The Premier League doesn't do it. It's unnecessary. Todd Bully um, would say otherwise. Uh, can't wait for the Premier League All-Star break uh, in Saudi Arabia. I'm sure that's coming in the next few years. Um, that'll be good stuff. Can't wait for that. Anything else fun this weekend for you? No, not in particular. Uh, took it easy. Started watching uh, this HGTV show about Bahamas life. Uh Basically, people just find their dream home in the Bahamas. Uh, shockingly affordable. So that that was interesting. Nice. That's encouraging. Um, <laughs> Pro Clubs was tough last night. Um, so the Mad Lads are in a in a run for Division One this season. Came very close last season, but just couldn't couldn't get it done. Then we finished in uh, in the playoffs, twelve and three. Um, we had eight guys on last night, just could not could not get it done. To to make Division One, you have to win five in a row against people that are about the same skill level as you. I don't know if it's going to happen. No, I think we need like a drastic teardown. Um, maybe <laughs> maybe we all play defensively. I don't know. Um, we we got a strong reevaluate. Uh, just didn't really come close to getting there. Uh, Really unfortunate stuff. We'll see. We'll try to update you guys accordingly, but it's it's been pretty bleak. Um, Sam's one of our strikers with Kev. I'm the number 10. We have just a coalition forming against the captains, Evan and myself. Um, it's not it's not great right now in, in the locker room, but we will we will get better. We will be there. Um, it's a work in progress. It sure is, buddy. But nevertheless, we have games to cover. It's what people care about, right? Um, so Saturday we started with Brentford-Liverpool. Um, and this was just all all Liverpool, not even a little bit Brentford. So it's kind of validating in the, uh, in the fact that Brentford stink. Um Sam, this was another one of those weeks where we set a lot of things right and didn't bet them all. Yeah. Because um, Ivan Tony scored. 
Yes, he sure did. And we that was mentioned. Um, Brentford were a little bit spicy in the first half, but just the same thing happened, similar to that game against Burnley. Um, you got to take advantage of chances when you have them against Liverpool because once they turn it on, then like they're never going to look back. Darwin Nunez's chip was unbelievable uh, for their first goal. And they they just cruised after that. So I saw somebody online make a great point, which is increasingly rare this day and age. Um, and it was that Darwin's chip was so good, but it's also like the reason that he won't get any better as a finisher if he doesn't change his mentality. Because like he'll always go for that chip instead of like a dribble around the keeper or just you know something more sensible. And it's it's true. That's why he's not Michael Owen. Might have been, yeah. Good stuff. Um But Brentford, man, they have twenty five points with a game in hand that will happen and it will happen tomorrow, right? Um against Manchester City. Gonna, <laughs> gonna count that one as a loss. So they have twenty five points and Luton are creeping up. I expect a result from Everton today. We're recording before this, before that game happens. If Everton beat Palace, and who do Luton play next? No, well, they play Liverpool. Um, who's their game in hand against, I guess, is the important question. Um, it's whoever Tom Lockyer had his cardiac arrest episode against. Um, Okay. Um, which, with how Bournemouth is playing, could be a result. It's at Kenilworth Road, I believe, right? Because that was, you know, hard scenes at at their home stadium. Um, so I could totally see them getting a result. They have 20 points uh, with the game in hand. Assuming Brentford lose against City, that would be they would only be two points ahead of Luton if they got a result in that game in hand. Plus, there's so much other things that could happen. I guess Everton is the team that you have to worry about as well. They have a game in hand. Once they, If they win today, they'll have 22 points, three points behind Brentford. It's, it's heating up at the bottom, man. Yeah, uh, things are getting a little bit spicy. That result, the other results from the from 19th and 20th, uh, we're just so bad this week. Uh, I thought it was going to be interesting coming off of last week where everyone got a result besides Luton. Um, but it does kind of seem like Burnley and Sheffield will go down and the race for eight, not being an 18th is going to be very interesting. There's a few teams that get dragged in for sure. Yeah, uh, it's. I mean, we got Palace in there who's just kind of in a terrible spot with their manager. Um, Everton, I just feel like, are good enough to not go down even with the 10-point deduction. Luton, I don't think will go down. So, like, Bournemouth, or sorry, Brentford or Palace, I guess. Or, sorry, yeah, Brentford or Palace. Yeah, that's where we're at. Um, And it sucks that there's still no odds to to pick teams that are going to get relegated because I feel like there'd be good value there. Yeah, it's interesting they're not um, 
possibly. I'm hoping that there's not another financial fair play point deduction. Uh, that would be my guess why there aren't odds listed currently. And that would make sense if there weren't. Everton charged again and Forrest were also charged. So I'm not sure exactly why there wouldn't be relegation odds because usually at this point there are relegation odds. I guess if Everton don't get another deduction and Forrest did, they'd be going down. Because mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think they have enough juice to get out of something like that. Um, yeah, that that would be very impressive. Yeah, but yeah, Brentford, the bees, despite Tony being back, just not looking great. Um, Sam's been on this. This is his West Ham. They have just not been good for quite some time. So we got to hold them accountable. Burnley also very bad. Arsenal, maybe Arsenal are just like not the team you want to play right now in the Premier League. They're clicking on all cylinders and they look really impressive. Um, Burnley did not leave much to be desired there. Yeah, I think they uh, clocked the 0.00 expected goals. Uh, that is hashtag sick. Mm-hmm. Um, they... Ran into a buzzsaw, but Burnley were really, really bad in this game. Don't get it twisted. Uh, I thought Arsenal were pretty good. Uh, I think Trossard sneakily didn't have his best game. Uh, If he did, I feel like this game could have been 7 or 8. And it's a great result for Arsenal. Well, well deserved, but Burnley were so bad in this game. Um, And... Arsenal seem to be clicking on all cylinders, finally finishing chances that they're creating. It's exciting times as an Arsenal fan. They're still plus 430 um, to Liverpool's plus 175 to win the title. Um, City are minus 120. Um, Even if City win against Brentford tomorrow, they will be right in between Arsenal and Liverpool. It's definitely a three-horse race. Um, and City still has to play both teams again. Once at Anfield, um, once at the Etihad against Arsenal. So it's going to come down to the wire. I still think that's a misprice, but I guess we'll see over the next month and a half, really, who's who out of those three teams. Um, I want to say a little bit about them because – I think I've made the mistake twice this season of trying to make this a top four of Liverpool, Arsenal, City, and Brighton, and then Villa as the fourth team, sometimes Spurs. I just think we have three teams right now that are in another stratosphere in the Premier League. Um, I think the reason that the gap isn't that, like you might look at that and be like, well, City are only four points ahead of Villa and nine points ahead of Manchester United. But I think that's because the gap isn't that big between the rest of the 17 teams. I think these three teams are far and away the best teams in the league. Um, I don't know what that means for next season with Klopp leaving and probably Salah leaving. Probably good news for Arsenal. Um, But it's just when you watch these teams... I think Arsenal and Liverpool are saving English football because City, you know, are owned by a nation state. And at least 
we have these three teams, two teams that are naturally built because they give me hope and they are far and away better than everybody else. Your thoughts? I totally agree. I think there's defined top three and we've tried to make it a defined top four several times this season and uh, just not the case. That rate, The race for top four is going to be similar to the relegation scrap in the sense that fourth place is going to be crucial for a few different teams, and it's going to be constantly changing throughout the season. Um, and I fully expect that to continue to play out as the season goes along. I don't really understand why Arsenal aren't getting the respect they deserve. Uh, in Vegas' standpoint, I think they're absolutely destroying teams um, in ways that I think are able to be replicated. Uh, really finding something different with Trossard and Kai being able to play as nine. And I think Gabby Jesus like re- will really struggle to get back into the squad once he comes back because I don't think he's able to drop deep and join the midfield like Trossard and Kai do. So that's something interesting. I was just about to ask you about that. You think, like, it can't just be, like, when he's healthy because this is not the same as last season where it's, like, we're trying out Trostar, we're trying out Eddie. Like, this is a very very much a formula that works. Kai and uh, Trossard have, like, a, a real fluidity. Um, so in games that we don't necessarily feel like we need to dominate possession, like, and need Jorginho in there, like, I think that's a very sustainable way of winning. I don't think you can just sub him back in when he's healthy. No, because I, I don't think he can. He's nearly as versatile as Kai or Trossard, and I think it's a skill that's seriously acquired uh, from being being able to play both. And Jesus has never been able to do that. I think it would be good if you know we kind of rotate the squad in the sense that, like, Saka doesn't have to play so much. Like, we saw uh, Reese Nelson get subbed on, which was nice. Just allowing Saka to have time where he's not playing entire games, that would be incredibly helpful. Yeah, I'm all for putting Jesus, like, in left wing or right wing on occasion. But I don't think we need to force him in uh, this, this fluid thing that we got going on with Kai uh, pressing forward with Odegaard out of possession. Um, He has just been a presence. We have to give him his flowers. He's been really, really impressive. Um, Just winning duels. uh, He is like very like just wide bodied. Like he's so lanky and big that he just wins a lot of balls. Um, And I've been so impressed with him over the last month. So that's really encouraging. Like he does not need to, his goal was just classy as hell, but he does not even need to be on the score sheet to make a massive impact. And people online, I don't even care that they say that's Arsenal fan cope because if you just watch the game, you very much know that it's not. Yeah. And people that just catch highlights will just see the goal and think it's lucky because it came off a throw in, but he was very good in this game and he's had put in some really good performances, even though he's not been on the score sheet in some of those games like Liverpool, for example. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, also those people just don't know ball because throwing in the ball quickly is very much part of Arsenal's game. Um, but nevertheless, 
we move on. Um, Arsenal, you know, to be totally objective, have Champions League coming back. Uh, so, you know, maybe that could, them dealing with that for the first time late in the season definitely could impact their Premier League run, but I don't anticipate it doing so. I think they're built for this. Um, they have a lot of guys getting healthy at the right time. Tomiyasu should be back in the next week. Partey should be back in the next two weeks. Knock on wood with that motherfucker. Um, Timber should be back in the next month. Um, so just very encouraging. So time will tell, but I'm loving what I'm seeing right now from the Gunners. Then we have Newcastle Bournemouth. Um, maybe we should have thought about the over here, brother. Yeah, I mean, we did kind of talk about it. Uh, very unfortunate <laughs> stuff. Um, Matt Ritchie, revenge game, obviously. Uh, <laughs> no, he had, Matt Ritchie scored in stoppage time, uh, which is really strange. Obviously, he used to be a Bournemouth player. Uh, his first goal in four years, so that's also something. Uh, I think draw is probably a fair result for both. Uh, Solanke's goal was like laugh out loud funny. Uh, Dubravka just totally slipping right in front of him. Um, and also Dubravka just being beaten from, uh, Semenyo's shot that was like 20, 24 ish, 25 ish yards out. Uh, that was definitely something as well. Um, draw is probably fair. Yeah. Uh, probably fair. Both teams not playing particularly well at the moment. Um, I feel like this has just been a rough 2024 for like a lot of the teams that we thought were something. Yeah, I had doubts about Newcastle going into the season. Um, and injuries really have made their run in very difficult. So uh, I feel a little bit vindicated in those takes that I was worried about Newcastle, but also like their entire team is injured. So it's, it's a little bit hard to evaluate. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I've i heard rumblings. Eddie Howe's seat is heating up. I don't think that's fair. Um, the fact that they got top four last season should buy him two years, at least in my opinion. Um, but, yeah, this was, this was not their best game. We know they don't play uh, great on the road. This was, on, this was away, right? This was at Vitality. Uh, no, this was, that was at St. James. You sure? I'm pretty sure it was at St. James. Okay. Um, yeah, you're right. My fault. But yeah, just not a great result. Clearly they're starting to feel this injury bug. Um, their strikers are down. Um, their keeper's been down the whole season. Their midfield they're just banged up all over the place. So um, I feel for Newcastle, but then again, I don't really. So whatever. Credit to Bournemouth for getting a point at St. James Park. Not an easy thing to do. Um, don't know if they're turning a corner. I don't think so, really. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to keep monitoring them. Yeah, I think it's two sides that are very much struggling at the moment. So um, I think Bournemouth will be very happy, but can't lie and say that they weren't lucky about that Dubrovka slip. Totally yeah. changed the game. Yeah. 
The next game we have Fulham Villa. Um, Villa got points, but like, I think we found out that there's not that much in between these two teams. Yeah, and Traore like did his vintage thing where he just has like a glaring chance that he misses. Um, just always that's always lingering in his arsenal, which is which is cool to see. Um, you know, Fulham really we're never in danger of winning this game, which is which is tough. Um, I really did like them in that spot. So uh, credit to Villa, they took care of business, um, but it definitely was not in convincing fashion. So. Um, not super, super impressed by Villa going forward. I will say the result for them is massive in that spot because they're now back in top four. So that, that is huge for them. Yeah. It's going to be a hot and heavy race for fourth place, but I did read something, um, this week on the athletic. I'll have to get more exact details because I'm not not super sharp on this, but I do know that there is a possibility for five spots in the Prem next season. And not only if somebody, sorry, uh, that was wrong. Reset. There's this possibility for five spots in the Champions League for Premier League teams. So like whoever finishes fifth could potentially get in the Champions League as well. Uh, the, the Champions League is expanding from 32 teams to 36. And basically those four spots go out to teams that um, accrue the most UEFA points, is how I understand it. Um, And the way to get those points is not just, um, which is silly to me, but it's not just performance in, performance from clubs in, from leagues in those nations, but it's also performance from those nations in UEFA competitions, right? Yes. Yeah. So I think there's a chance England might get it, but I think Germany and Italy both lead the way for more spots right now uh, over England. So unless Arsenal and City are to make a, a deep run, each, each of them, which they are very much primed to do, um, I think it'll stay four. But there is a chance, an outside chance. I think England's in third. So there's an outside chance that four and five whoever finishes fourth and fifth in the Premier League gets Champions League next season, which would be fun. Yeah, that, I mean, that would be massive. Um, would kind of diminish a lot of the conversations we had, but that's fine. Uh, do you want a fun fact about this game? What's that? Anthony Robinson had a 4.7 match rating uh, with an assist out of 10. So that is sick. I've um, been on it. He is a good stats, bad team. Bad team guy. Like, he does not help winning, in my opinion. I, I mean, he's an American, which I respect, but I don't think he is a winning player. He's fast. And that's like, he's he's like a worse Bellerin. Love that comp. Good stuff. <laughs> um, did you watch this whole game? I did. Mm-hmm. Did they line up with Telemans at striker? No. Um, he was playing like in an advanced role. Uh, that's what led to uh, one of Villa's goals is like they had him. They had him like kind a, of playing as like a cam. Like a CF. Yeah. Like, like it seems like it on the, on the lineup sheet, but uh, it very much is more like 
Watkins is when the advance role and Tielemans had like the freedom to drift. Um, and he, he assisted Watkins' second goal uh, because he kind of dropped back and gets the ball. Um, and Tim Ream did a cool thing where he just had vacated the entire middle of the field, which was sick to watch. So um, good stuff. That's tough from our guy, Tim Ream. I love Tim Ream. He's probably my favorite U.S. center back in recent memory. Vintage Pep Guardiola last season said if he was younger, he'd be in my team. Not sure about that one, but. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, a take. Yeah. <laughs> Credit to Villa. Back in the top four. We got Villa, Tottenham, United. Uh, if, they, if they only have four teams in the Champions League, then it is going to be a tight race. I, I don't know. I, my prediction would be Spurs if I had to pick today, but I think it's going to be close. You disagree? Um, I don't know. Spurs just like have a bad result lingering in their arsenal, um, which makes me feel suspect, I guess, about them. But I guess it's Spurs because I don't really trust Villa, and I definitely don't trust United. So Spurs are plus 105 to finish top four. Villa are minus 110, and Manchester United are plus 500. Villa being will... minus money is incredibly generous. I will book those odds for if anybody wants to take Manchester United top four. I will, <laughs> I will, I will book it. I'll, I'll risk plus five. I'll give you five to one. I'll give you fifty, uh, five fifty to one. No, plus five fifty. That's fine. You can have a little juice. Uh, I don't see it. We'll talk about them in a bit, um, dude. I listened back yesterday to our podcast on Friday. And the amount of times we're like, yeah, it's just Nottingham Forest. It's just Forest Moneyline. That's just what it is. Like, that's what they're telling us to do. And then we just pivot at the last fucking second to an over that doesn't hit. Um, and West Ham stink. Like, come on. We got to be better. Yeah, and I, I take full responsibility for that. I was a little bit worried about Forest and their keeper situation. West Ham are just in a dire situation. Um, really just have nothing going forward and are leaking goals. So that is not a recipe for success. Um, also featured in this game was one of the worst non-VAR penalty awarded to Forrest um, that I'd ever seen. No idea how it's not a pen. Uh, very jarring. Um, and Calvin Phillips turns out not playing <laughs> probably means that you're not that good. Yeah, how's the Calvin Phillips experiment going? Uh, I just don't understand why they were so interested in Calvin Phillips. Um, and now they're giving him serious minutes. He gets a very non-serious yellow for pushing someone. Uh, and then just a horrific challenge, like two minutes later, uh, foots up there. I have no idea how he's protesting it being a yellow, uh, and he's off and West Ham never had a chance to come back. Uh, also very troubling Moyes post game, basically just, uh, starts attacking the club and the fans saying, you know, other managers haven't been able to have the success that I've had. And, you know, you should be able to appreciate what I've been able to do for this club. And that was very funny. Yikes. Just a, just a automatic sign that things are not great. Um, yeah, Calvin Phillips, it's a loan deal, right? It is. Yeah, so don't know if they'll be retaining that one. 
Um, Forrest are continuing to play good ball. I just, I need to see like a couple more clean sheets or like non-keeper mistakes to see that they have some thing to rely on in the back between the sticks because then we can continue to take them because we we're on them early. I think Nuno is doing good things. So I, I think we need to, we need to keep them in mind. Yeah, and I I think Taiwo is a lot better than I thought he could be. Um, Shout out Chief. Yeah, his close control is very impressive, uh, especially paired with his size. It's kind of impressive stuff. Um, also, West Ham tried to go with a different lineup. Uh, I guess Moyes listened to the pod. Uh, he had Ward-Prowse playing at the top of a 4 2 3 one, um, which was good because Ward-Prowse is pretty much the only positive spot in this game for West Ham. Um, so that, that was interesting as well. Um, so. So Forrest, um, they're in 15th. Uh, hopefully not an FA charge looming. Um, but... I think I think they're on the up and up. I uh, like where they're at. West Ham very much not. Um, no wins in twenty twenty four. Three straight losses. Um, they're in ninth with Chelsea and this next team, Wolves, behind them, who got Pedro Neto back and they're flying high, man. Um, I really like this Wolves team. I think I think we should we should hop on them as our next Bournemouth to carry us for a little bit uh, because Neto is so good. I'm going to make a statement. I think anytime he's over plus 150 to score or assist, it's just an automatic half unit, like no discussion needed. Guy's a baller. Um, can't really debate it. Uh, we've been pounding the table for Neto and how he hasn't been getting the love he deserves from the English media. Surprise, surprise. Uh once again, has an awesome assist in this game. Um, such a bad result for Spurs. And I do think Wolves are a team that are going to continue to play better and better. Um, Wang was pretty poor in this game, but I expect him to get back to where he was coming into the season. And this Wolves team is pretty damn good. Uh, and they're getting their players back from AFCON and Asian Cup, so... I, I see them continuing to build on what they started at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I mean, unless you're Hugman's son, I think it's pretty tough to just come back and integrate right back in. They had a pretty deep run in the Asian Cup, from what I understand. Um, so I think we'll get there. Uh, this Wolves team is very solid. Um, maybe they're the team to finish in the top 10 that we've been that we've been waiting for. Yeah, I, I definitely don't hate that shout. Um, two really respectable results in a row for Wolves, beating Chelsea, demolishing Chelsea, and then beating Spurs. Um, both both away. That's that's impressive stuff. Um, they're a big game team. They really are. Any anytime they have a game circled, you know that they're gonna they're gonna give them a good run. And then to to be even better next week, they have <laughs> they have Sheffield at home. So. Um, 
Wolves probably feeling themselves. Hope they don't let us down in that spot uh, coming next week. You and me both. Um, I didn't think Tottenham were particularly good in this game. I think Wolves had uh, every right to steal the win. Um, Tottenham kind of left it up for the taking. Jao Gomez, cheeky brace. Um, as we said, Neto with an assist. Guys just clicking on all cylinders. Um, and I really like this team. So we're going to continue to uh, to go back to the well on that one. And then we have the big one. The marquee matchup of the weekend was City-Chelsea at the Etihad. This one sucks. Um, we could have had a really good week if City could just be serious. But I guess Chelsea can get up for big games too. They gave Arsenal a really tough game earlier in the season. I don't. I, I think maybe they're just an eternal stay away. I don't know, man. I, I know I'm not going to sit here and be like, they're turning a corner because they're not. But they did look good in possession in certain, at certain times in this game. And I was like, what team am I watching? Yeah, I thought in the first half, Chelsea actually were pretty effective um, in playing off the break. If Nico Jackson had like an ounce of composure, I feel like it could have been 2-3-0 to Chelsea. Uh, in the first half. Um, Sterling's goal was really well taken. Um, He had another chance in the first half. So uh, I I don't know what City expected. Like, this is exactly what Chelsea want to do. They want to sit back and absorb possession and play on the break. Cole Palmer was really nice dropping deep uh, and beating the quick press that City often initiate after losing the ball. Um, And multiple times, Chelsea broke the press and just really didn't get a chance on frame somehow. Uh, And obviously City grew back into the game after halftime team talk. I'm not sure what Pep told them to do. Probably just allowing them to gain possession when they did. And when Chelsea had possession, they're way less threatening uh, than when they're able to play on the break. So, um, yeah, just you really got to depend on your striker to finish chances. And Holland was God awful in this game. They um, have a real Holland problem. Yeah. And they need, they need Holland to score in big games. And him and Darwin Nunez both lead the premier league in big chances. Missed this season. Both have 21. Uh, One of them that, is not being talked about. One of them is not being talked about. Um, Holland just has not been the same guy that he was last season, and it's okay to say that. Uh, he was really, really bad in this game, and if he scores his chances, City win like three to four to one, probably. Um, I know you can say the same thing about Chelsea with Nico Jackson, but certain players on City definitely did not play a draw. I think Foden had a good game. I think De Bruyne had a good game. Doku, I have issues with. He he has one goal and four assists against Bournemouth this season, and then he has one goal and one assist against everybody else. Um, I really like what I saw earlier in the season. I don't know if he's what we thought he was. Yeah, I thought he was. I thought it was decent in the first half. Um, Definitely trying to do too much in the second half. And it was interesting because they continued to feed him uh, continuously instead of Foden. 
Um, they really like Foden being able to drift inside. So they wanted Doku to maintain that width, um, but it just wasn't that good. Uh, <laughs> Holland's match rating, um, every player in City is green for their match rating besides Holland. Guess Holland's match rating. Out of 10? Out of 10. 4, 8. 2.6. Um <laughs> And it was interesting because people's reaction online is like, De Bruyne was not good in this game. Um, And I just categorically disagree with that. Um, Don't know if you watch the game. He just continues to make unbelievable chances that Holland doesn't finish, which isn't his fault. De Bruyne had a 9.2, Rodri had a 9.5. Rodri's so good. Everyone on City's team was green besides... Uh, Holland, which is just laugh out loud funny. Um, I think City will be fine. Holland this season already kind of had a rut where he wasn't able to score, but uh, he's been able to like play his way out of ruts instead of like being put on the bench, which is interesting. Um, and I imagine that they'll continue to do that, but it's definitely something to monitor. My thing, if I'm a manager, and it sounds super simple, but I want to do things. Come on now, Bella. Don't do this. Um, I want to do things that the other team doesn't want me to do. And if I'm a Chelsea fan, every time it was on the right with Foden and KDB linking up, that was way scarier than Doku doing whatever the hell he was doing on the left, in the second half at least. Um, And I just don't know why they continue to force it down the left. And he was in one-on-ones and two-on-ones and didn't know what to do with it. They just didn't really give him an outlet, and uh, I don't think he got any great great balls in in that second half. So I'm monitoring that. I'm monitoring Doku, and I'm monitoring Holland. Um, I don't think Holland's fake. Obviously, he's a prolific striker when he's clicking, but he has not been good for some time now, um, and it's and it needs to be said. Yeah. Anything else on that game? Um. The people that are, the city people that are condemning Sterling for celebrating, uh, you guys realize like you shipped him out, actively <laughs> did not want him on your squad anymore, right? Um, the fans that booed him, that was just funny stuff. Yeah, and that I don't understand how the fuck you cheer Cole Palmer and boo Raheem Sterling. Like Sterling actually did things for you guys, and you actively shipped him out. Cole Palmer sought a move away from you guys because he wasn't getting game time. So what the hell is the difference? Yeah. Yeah, I don't understand it. <laughs> um, not going to try to understand it. But there are people that root for Manchester City, so what are you going to do? Um, okay. Then we have Sheffield Brighton. Is, there, is this even worth talking about? Nathan Holgate gets, like, the worst red card of the season, like, in terms of, like, it was deserved. Like, it was a terrible tackle. Um, just tried to kill the Brighton player at Matoma, I believe it was. Yeah, Matoma. And and then it's and then the game's over. Brighton just against ten men against the worst team in the league are not gonna not win five now. I think something to monitor is just Danny Welbeck to score against bad teams. Um I feel like he's sneaky having a very good season. Uh, and it, he deserves to get some respect for that. When he got injured, Brighton were uh very different team uh pascal gross also had some disgusting stats in this game uh, i think he, he had 98 percent 
pass accuracy and ten or eight chances created. Yeah, eight big chances created with ninety eight percent pass accuracy. That is a that is a stat. I've always loved that guy. I think he's an awesome player to have. Sheffield are on pace for the most goals allowed in a Premier League season, so that's cool. And listen, that say what you want. That's also a stat. So uh, I'm proud of them. Uh, they're making the game more fun, growing the game. So that that is that's good stuff. The best uh, part about that is they have that stat, but they also are have the same exact record as Burnley. So does possession really matter that much? You tell me, <laughs> company. Um, tough to say. Tough to say. I I don't have any any real notes. I, I'm not going to walk away and respect Brighton much more. I think any top eight team should be able to do that against 10-man Sheffield. They really suck. The red card um, in the 10th minute, so it, it's hard to evaluate for sure. Yeah. But I just want to tee you up for uh, a little Man United Lewintown commentary. Man United won, um, and that's a great result for them. Uh, very much needed to stay in the top four race. Uh, do I think United were particularly impressive? No. I think they were pretty lucky to go up 2-0 um, through one of the worst back passes I've ever seen uh, and a very fortuitous mishit that Hoyland is going to pretend like he tried to direct it at goal. To me, it very much seems like he's trying to dodge the ball and happens to get his chest in the way and the ball happens to go in the net. That's cool. Um, he works on it in training. Yes, for sure. Definitely works on shanked shots that are at his chest and redirected for sure. For sure. Believe that Ten Hag has a drill for that. Um, also Luton threatened a lot in this game. I thought they were very positive and, Surprisingly, they were able to hold their lead. Um, I, I did not expect them to. And they did have a few chances on the break. Uh, somehow, Garnacho and Bruno just didn't score open nets. Um, Sambi Lakanga was awesome in this game. I was very impressed by him as well as Ralph Barkley. Uh, Luton definitely had chances in this game. Um, but... I'm not going to take United seriously, even though they got a result here. Um, just don't think goals like that are going to continue to flow. Um, don't think that Hoyland intended to direct that on net. I don't really care what he has to say about it. Totally agree with pretty much everything you're saying there. Kabi Mainu had a good game. Aside from that, I wasn't really impressed with anybody on the United team. Um, I think... I think Southgate should have been here instead of Harry Styles. I, I think Ross Barkley and Kavi Manu need to be in this Euro squad. Um, it's really a shame that Ross, like Ross has zero chance of getting in, but like he has been so fucking good. I, I can't believe how good he is. Like, honestly, it was funny when we talked to Thali, like obviously he's like super passionate about it. He is really, really impressive. Um, and Mark, he dribbled around Marcus Rashford in a way like that's, this is not, Credit to Ross Barkley. Marcus Rashford just decided not to press and just kind of jogged. Um, I don't know what's going on with him. Um, not really loving what I'm seeing out of the guy. Um, in the coming weeks, United have Fulham at Old Trafford. Uh, then they have City. Then Everton, who need it. Um, then Sheffield. 
then Brentford. But then I think they got a hard stretch. They got Chelsea, Liverpool, Bournemouth, Newcastle, Arsenal to end the season. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Them to get top four. The fact they have 44 points is jarring. I, I like... I was impressed with the last two results. This is three wins in a row now, four wins in a row. Um, I was impressed with the two prior. I was really not impressed with this one um, from what I saw. How bad is Casemiro? He is washed is the term we're looking for. Like the guy legit can't move. Um, Thought he was very lucky to not get a second yellow and get sent off. He should have, dude. That was crazy. Um, Like that – that game's so different if he gets that, and I don't know how he didn't like that call. And then four minutes at the end, which Rob Edwards pointed out, not great. Yeah, and Casemiro just taking off at halftime because he was so poor. Um, and I actually didn't think Kobe Manu was that great in this game. Um, and I, I'm seriously worried about like the formation that they play. Because I, I don't think I still don't think they have a defensive mid. I think Manu's really good player. Uh, I think he very naturally wants to drift forward with the ball. Um, I think That's he's very skilled good. and very talented. But I don't. He's not Ingolo Conte. He he doesn't have the same like tenacity defensively that Conte had. Uh, and I think. With Casemiro, that's just not a winning partnership. And I don't know who else in the squad is going to be able to play where uh, they're going to have a defensive mid and not going to be completely susceptible. This game was wide open. Luton, had, Luton was able to like just carve through the middle of the field over and over and over again. Um, and I think against like teams with better midfields, that will continue to happen. Yeah. Yeah, I totally... I totally agree. Uh, their midfield was pretty non-existent. Um, and I think Liverpool lucked out in this situation because obviously they have a banged-up midfield, but McAllister is somehow able to patch it together. I think that's in large part due to the greatness of Van Dyke. Um, but United have like a center-back issue with Martinez down. Thankfully, Varane is still good. Um, I feel like he gets no credit. He's very good. Um, but... The Johnny Evans stuff is not serious. I understand he's like given good performances, but I don't think that's a sustainable way to win with depending on Johnny Evans. Um, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know, man. I'm all over the place on this United. I thought they turned a corner maybe with the result against Villa. Um, Ten Hag just gets these results. I I guess he deserves the credit. I'm all over the place. I gotta, I gotta be honest. I can't really pick a pick a side of the fence here, um, because the the results keep coming. They got third last season. They're four wins in a row, but none of it looks sustainable, which is our issue as always. We want to see good ball. I don't think they produce it, um, and I just don't know what to expect with this team. It's a good result at Luton. Um, that much is undeniable. Uh, just. You know, I think if you said two one pregame, you you'd take that in a heartbeat. Um, and shout out to the footy trinity was never a doubt hit in the first twenty minutes. You love to see that kind of thing. Um, but definitely am a little bit suspect of this team. Um, also, Rasmus Hoyland, um, the goals he's scoring, you know clinical it's good stuff just feel like he's very lucky to score these goals 
Um, and we've seen him go on like a long dry spell before and would not surprise me if he has another one. Um, youngest player ever to score in six consecutive games. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Um, and that is incredibly impressive. So he, he deserves a lot of praise for that. Just not sure if it will continue for him. I do think that he plays very positive ball. Um, and he played really well earlier in the season when he wasn't scoring and when he was getting a lot of flack for not scoring thought that was pretty undeserved. But now I think he may be getting the opposite treatment where people are giving him a shit ton of respect for, you know, running onto a back pass from a defender and scoring a goal that's deflected off his chest. What are you going to do? He's in the right place at the right time, I guess. Um, I've, you know, I've never been not impressed with the guy, but also don't think he deserves all the all the praise in the world. Um, he's a solid striker. I think he has a, I think he has a lot of potential, um, but can't say like the stuff he's doing has never been seen before stuff. Um, but yeah, credit to them on a result at Kenilworth Road, something that a lot of teams have failed to get. Um, We'll see. I like I said, if you want United at plus five hundred to make top four, I will book those odds for you. Just let us know. So the um, goal differential is something that has to be talked about. Um, <laughs> goal differential of one. That is just like laugh out loud funny. Um, to give you context, teams around them: uh, Villa nineteen, Spurs fourteen, Brighton eight, Newcastle twelve. Yeah. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> Just not not very serious, huh? Um, I don't understand it. They were negative before this year. They were even before this game. So So that's just crazy. It's just crazy. Uh I I, I don't know. I I need more data. That's what I'll say about United. I just need to see if if somehow this shit the 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 lucky goals, if it can continue, I guess it's just a sign of their ability to, to eke out wins and bad performances. But I, I just don't see that long-term. I need I need to see more. I'd say that's fair. I feel the same way. And then last game's Everton Palace. Um, happy President's Day, everybody. Sam and I thought we'd get ahead on the recording um, by, by knocking this out early, but this game's at three this evening. So um, we expect Everton to take home at least a draw at home against Palace. And it's really a relegation six pointer, um, which we talked about obviously on the preview. Um, If they do, we will finish up 1.1 units, which is solid. So happy with that. Um, And then we have two games midweek, which is nice. Uh, City Brentford, City host Brentford and uh, Liverpool host Luton. Do you want to put, do you want to give a pick midweek action? Uh, I just, I don't know. Uh, I just, these teams just played each other, right? Um, and Neil Malpe scored like one of the scummiest goals I've ever seen. Um, don't think that'll happen again. I don't know. Brentford have just been leaking goals. That's the thing. So I, I don't hate an over. Um, don't hate both teams to score. Um, I don't know. What are you thinking? I don't think I don't know that we need to do anything. 
Um, we've we've had success on the weekends. Anytime we switch it up, I mean it's City minus six hundred, Brentford plus fourteen hundred, and it's pretty much the same odds for Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool minus six hundred, uh, Lewin plus thirteen hundred. Um, both of the home teams minus one and a half. Maybe I don't. I don't know if Liverpool beat them by two goals. Yeah, I, I'm fine with just staying away. Like the, it's forcing ourselves into two two games is not good. When we forced ourselves into the five games, it was tough for us, and I I feel like it would be the same thing in this. Um, Both of them to um, minus one and a half parlayed is plus one forty five. So that's fine to stay away. I'm cool with that. Yeah. All right, sensible. Good stuff. I expect Liverpool and City to win. That's my analysis. That is some hashtag analysis. But that's all we got. Um, it was a fun match week. Hopefully Everton can take care of business. Otherwise, Sam and I will start the week in the trenches with our four-day week. Um, that's all I have, Sam. Anything else? No, that's all I got. All right, so look out for another uh, preview coming up later this week um kind of a mid match week coming up uh nothing really of no arsenal newcastle i guess is the marquee game maybe brighton everton you could say unfortunately chelsea tottenham got postponed so uh only eight matches um from saturday to to monday Um, so sam you're actually gonna have to be working overtime because i'm going snowboarding oh man that is a treat um I would love to see some content from that. Okay. I'll do what I can. (laughs) I'll try to not fall on my face while recording myself or lose my phone. One of the two could totally happen. Love that. Um, But that's all we got. Thank you guys for listening. Please share if you enjoyed. uh, Rate, review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. um, And send us some some intel, some feedback. Send us some requests on what exactly you would like uh for the 50th episode bonanza because it's coming up real fast something to monitor so we'll talk to you guys later this week thanks guys see ya